I'd like to give you a model, a way of understanding dullness that might help you to appreciate it. Um, there is this classical way of viewing the stream of consciousness as consisting of individual moments of consciousness. And you don't need to accept this as being literally true. But it's a useful model to understand certain meditation phenomena, including dullness. That the stream of consciousness consists of discrete moments of consciousness arising and passing away. In each of those moments, consciousness takes an object. And then in the next moment, it can take the same object or a different object, and so on. And these moments are occurring, they're very brief, and they're occurring very rapidly in this sequence. Now, there are what are, are said to be non-perceiving moments of consciousness. Actually, I referred to this earlier in terms of the deep jhana. When you're in deep sleep or unconscious, the moments, the stream of consciousness continues, but the moments of consciousness, the individual moments of consciousness, are all non-perceiving. So deep sleep is different from being awake in that the moments of consciousness in deep sleep, all of them are non-perceiving, or the vast majority of them are non-perceiving. I mean, even in deep sleep, there is some perception, as it turns out, but the vast majority are non-perceiving. When we're awake, most of them are perceiving moments of consciousness, and there may be some non-perceiving moments interspersed with them. Um, so, in a given interval of time, say when you're aware of three different things at once, uh, that means that of all the moments of consciousness in that period, some of them are taking each of those three things as an object, and that's how come you know all three things. But there's also some of those moments of consciousness that are non-perceiving. As the proportion of non-perceiving moments of consciousness increases, that's dullness. That's the increase in dullness. So dullness is on a spectrum between being totally awake and deep sleep. And actually where we live most of the time in our daily lives is somewhere in the middle with you know, somewhere between 40 and 60% of our moments of consciousness are non-perceiving. So from an, our ordinary, from an ordinary person's daily state of awareness, they have the capacity to become far more aware than they are by converting those non-perceiving moments to perceiving moments. But also at the same time, from your normal waking state, like when you sit down to meditate, you can sink gradually deeper and deeper into subtle dullness as, as gradually more and more of those perceiving moments of consciousness become non-perceiving. The reason that dullness is conducive to single-pointedness and concentration, of course, is if you drop out all the distractions and they become non-perceiving, and all you've got, you know, maybe only... Uh, one in ten or one in five moments of consciousness is perceiving the meditation object and the rest are dullness, then you feel very focused and very one but you have no clarity at all. The meditation object is very unclear. So with single-pointed, we have no moments of non-perceiving. Well, single-pointed, you have we, no yeah. moments taking another object. You and what you would ideally have in single point and single pointed is very few moments that are non-perceiving. 
and to the degree that you become aware that there are non-perceiving moments, which is to say, the degree that you become aware of the presence of dullness, then you, you turn that around. which is to say that you increase the power of mindful awareness because the power of mindful awareness is the number of moments of consciousness that are both perceiving and focused on the same object. So this is why we can speak of the scattering as being of two types. Scattering to other objects or scattering to dullness. Either one of those, in any given interval, you're going to have fewer moments of consciousness that are focused on the object. So that's the two kinds of scattering. It's good, good model. I mean, I've experienced it too, where I start off my meditation, I'm really agitated, right? So I'm trying to bring it down. And then I'll have like 30 seconds of really good meditation, and then it goes into dullness. Yeah. It's like I just switched from, you know, the object has been the same the whole time, mm-hmm. but I went from extra extra thoughts to no thoughts. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh. Yeah. And that's what I like about this model. You can take those experiences, and it gives you a, a really clear way to visualize and, and to... And but if you're sitting there in dullness for, for for a period of time and you can't get out of it, is 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 it better to, to just get up for a while and then go back, or force yourself to sit through to a certain period? Or um, it, well, it, it is, but question? okay, yeah, you're saying well, if you the question is if you're sitting there for a long time and with a lot of dullness and you can't get out of it, is it better to get up and do something else for a while and then come back? Now, that's not an alternative. That is one of the totally legitimate ways of getting out of dullness. Whenever dullness is present, do whatever you have to, but preferably not anything more than you have to, to bring yourself out of it. And so the principle with dullness is as soon as you're aware of it, apply an antidote. Try to apply an antidote that is strong enough that will bring you out of, the adult, out of the dullness for a reasonable period of time, you know, at least several minutes, five minutes, say. Okay? If, if you were willing yourself out of dullness, you might say is the absolute weakest antidote and will work, but it will only work with the mildest form of dullness. Anything stronger than that, willing yourself out of dullness, you know, it's, uh, it, you'll experience the state of sinking. You will yourself out of it, and within a millisecond, you're sinking back into it again. Then you bring yourself out, and you're sinking again. And sinking means you didn't apply a strong enough antidote. If you come out of it, and you stay out of it for several minutes, then your antidote is sufficient. And the dullness may come back again, but then you just apply uh, an appropriate antidote again. If you've applied all the reasonable antidotes that you can while sitting on the cushion, then the proper thing to do is to stand up. You might try meditating standing up, but you could try walking around. You could go and wash your face with cold water and then go back and sit down. You could do walking meditation. These are all totally legitimate. Whatever you need to do to bring yourself out of the antidote, or out of the dullness, that's what you do. And then once you've done it, then you go back and you sit down. And you don't be worried if the dullness comes back again, as long as you brought yourself completely out of it, stayed out of it for several minutes before it comes back. Because 
Training yourself to permanently overcome dullness is a function of repeatedly recognizing dullness, successfully applying an antidote. So it's not a, it's not a an either or. It's yes, that's one of the things that you do when you need to. The only thing that would be less than best practice is you sit there and instead of trying other antidotes like taking deep breaths and clenching your muscles and meditating with your eyes open and expanding your meditation object to the whole body and to environmental sounds. The only mistake would be to not do any of those things, to sit there in dullness and uh, without having tried those, letting the dullness get deeper and deeper and stronger and stronger until finally you say, okay, I have to get up and walk around. That would be less skillful practice. More skillful is recognizing and applying appropriate antidotes and going to the stronger ones as necessary, but not hesitating to. Okay.